Hello, friends. It's Ann West, Executive Director of the Island Health and Wellness Foundation. And we are back with another Just for the Health of It podcast episode. The following is a conversation that I had with Rhonda Dodge. You all know Rhonda by now. She is the chairperson of the board of directors at Island Nursing Home. And we're continuing our conversation about the recent news that Island Nursing Home is closing. This is actually the 12th in a series of podcasts to keep the community up to date and also to answer listener questions. As usual, nothing that Rhonda and I say today is intended to serve as medical or healthcare advice. This podcast is for educational purposes only. So with that, welcome back, Rhonda. It's been a couple weeks. I, we were just saying we both feel a little rusty because we were talking every week there for a while. Um, would you like to start out with any updates um, to share since we last talked? Certainly. So um, the board is currently in negotiations with a company to provide assessment services and um, to some degree um, allowing us to just reconfirm what the task force and the board knows in terms of what our challenges are to look at our overall operations and see where we might have some cost efficiencies that we can build in. Uh, it's about a three month assessment period. It will include looking at our staffing model and whether we can change it in any way um, and still be within regulation, but perhaps um, um, looking at, is it more efficient to use RNs versus CNAs? There tends to be higher turnover with CNAs although CNAs would still uh, be needed, it may be that we wouldn't need as many. Um, and that's where our biggest gap has been from a staffing perspective. Um, so we're working on that. We're hoping to have that finalized by tomorrow. And once that is finalized, the person that we will be contracting with and the board will make a joint announcement as to who it is and when they'll get started. Those details are hopefully going to get ironed out between this afternoon and the morning. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, this person has a lot of knowledge in post-acute care. And I think that if we can get this assessment going and work hand in hand with this group, that we're going to see uh, that it brings a lot to the table for us and how we're structured what our challenges are and how we might alleviate them in the future. So I'm really excited about it. That feels so hopeful. I, I love this. This is, it feels yeah. like we've moved to the next chapter. Um, and so all of the people out there that have been following along with this, um, it, it just feels like such a, a new beginning and a hope. So I, I can't wait to hear more details um, as they're, you're able to roll them out. I know yeah. that, um, that, you know, certain things have to be treated um, quietly until they're ready to be announced jointly between this company and the nursing home board. And certainly that makes perfect sense. Um, but thanks for sharing that little piece with us because it just makes well, us anxious to hear more. Yes. And so what had happened is when we announced that we were closing, you know, the board started vetting um, other companies that had nursing homes in their complement whether it was just a nursing home um, company or whether it was healthcare oriented and had hospitals and outpatient centers and nursing homes and day treatment centers, et cetera. And so um, we were kind of hitting a brick wall and this, this company actually stepped forward 
and had been talking with me quite a bit. And when the task force was created, I handed that information over to the task force. We had a joint presentation with the board and the task force. And then the task force took that and just did some due diligence on it and um, came back and said they were very comfortable and recommended that we pursue it. And as a result of us both being on the same page with this particular vendor, um, that's how it came to be that we started pursuing the, um, the contract. And just wanted to explain that so that the community understood this was a joint effort with the task force who did a lot of due diligence um, in combination with what we had already done to confirm that we were all comfortable that this was a good solution. So um, I'm really excited about it. I think that, it, yes, and I think that's a super important point to make that this, this is not a decision that was arrived at lightly. And I just wanna say again, um, when we're talking about the task force and we're talking about the Island Nursing Home Board, these are uh, two groups of volunteers. So all of these people, um, despite everything that we all have going on this time of year, earlier in the fall, basically have spent exorbitant amounts of their own time doing this due diligence work to get the best option for our nursing home. And it, it's amazing to me and it's humbling and it makes me want to serve my community no matter where I am in hopefully a similar way, in a selfless way, um, because these people are all volunteers and trying to vet something like this is a huge process. Um, it really are, is. Yeah, there's so many angles. So I just wanna express my appreciation again, and especially to you, Rhonda, um, for, because you, you have dual roles. So you serve on the task force and you're also chairperson of the board um, and you do it all as a volunteer that it's so appreciated because the amount of work that goes into this project, I think would be staggering to most of us if, if we actually, if you kept a time chart and reported back to us how much of your day is spent on, on these kinds of things. Yeah, and you know, the, the really nice thing about having the task force is that they're not looking at just suggestions that the board is making because we we had a jump start. We had probably five weeks before the task force was created that we had been uh, looking at options and trying to figure out what made sense and then turned all that information over to the task force and had presentations from our accounting firm, our auditing firm, from um, our lawyers in terms of what our bed rights were and what that all meant and how we had to protect those bed rights. And then looking at so even though we had made calls to various um, agencies or companies, healthcare related companies, the task force also went and called various companies to see what options might be available um, and came at the same, you know, basically um, reconfirmed what the board had already done as yes, this is the way it needs to be, you are correct. So it's nice to have some confirmation that we were both arriving at the same answers, sometimes in a different way in how we pursued those answers, but still arriving at the same answers on what is in the best interest and how do we move forward with um, reopening. So um, again, it's, it's really nice to have that confirmation and to 
have that confirmation independent of each other that this is the way it needs to be. And hopefully, you know, because the task force was put together to represent the community, that once all of these things become public, that the community will feel like their best interests were represented as well. Agreed. Absolutely. And again, it's, it's an incredible amount of work that has gone into this process and a lot of different, very thoughtful questions um, throughout yeah. the, the process, a lot of double checking and triple checking um, to make sure that this is the best option that can be offered to this community in terms of the nursing home. And I, I, don't, I think it's worth saying too, um, I keep going back to what Matthew Trombley said in one of the podcast episodes about how complex this nursing home environment is to begin with. It is a highly regulated industry. There are a number of different um, avenues and departments and, and different organizations that oversee um, the regulations on various parts of the nursing home, depending on what section you're in. Um, and so all of these volunteers, they, they did not spend their careers by and large working in nursing homes. This is something where it's been a learning process uh, for everyone yeah. involved to come up to speed. And I think in a way we've all, we all speak a very different language than we did even a couple months ago. Um, if you had talked to me about bed licenses, even back in August, I probably, um, in relation to nursing homes, couldn't have begun to tell you what was involved with a bed license. And now I, I can speak that language, but it's been through hours of time spent reading and talking and listening to the experts. Um, so yeah, we're, yeah. we're all getting an education as well. Um, well, and you know, my, my background was in hospital reimbursement, right. not necessarily nursing homes. So I agree. I mean, some of the regulations when I read them were Greek. And I think the first two weeks of, um, after, excuse me, after the announcement was me calling licensing and regulators and saying, what does this mean? And how does this work? And what do you mean by this? And, and sometimes even calling back at second and third time saying, do I have this correct? Right. <laughs> yes. Um, so, you know, there's always a starting point and trying to fill in those gaps can sometimes be challenging, even in terms of this contract, the vernacular of this vendor is very different than what I'm accustomed to. Um, even, even words like affiliation in my world, affiliation means I'm owned by you, but in their world, affiliation means we're sharing resources. That's exactly, it. Exactly. And, and so, and so, sometimes words can be very startling because you don't really understand their application. And it really takes going back and forth going, I don't understand what this means. Tell me again what you're trying to say to me. <laughs> so right. that has been a little bit of a challenge as we've traveled down this path. But at the end of the day, as long as we arrive at the right place and we're able to bring our residents back and reopen and get back to the way things kind of were, but with a little bit of a safety net, then I'm all for working through it. Absolutely. And, and I think at the end of the day, we are going to be a much more educated public of what the nursing home looks like in its next chapter, because we are going to understand from 
the building blocks, what it takes to reopen that nursing home. And I, I was guilty of this. I worked in healthcare on the Island. I've worked in healthcare here for 12 years and I didn't know the ins and outs of, of even a quarter of what went on at the nursing home. Um, So if there is a silver lining, I do think as a public, we are going to be much more educated and much more able to participate in the future in supportive and, and volunteer ways. Now, talking about being supportive of the nursing home, there was just um, a news, I want to say article, but it was a little snippet this morning on WABI-TV about the nursing home. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes. Um, a shout out to whoever arranged that because it really... Uh was a successful little blurb. Um, It talked about the task force subcommittee that is working on trying to um, develop affordable housing options. And the fact that there were 26 to 28 people, 14 were contract staff, 14 were permanent positions where people turned, you know, rescinded their acceptance of a job because they could not find affordable housing. And interestingly enough, I received a phone call from somebody in Blue Hill who said, hey, I have an option. Are you interested? Um, it made my heart sing, you know, yes. that um, he, he said, I just saw this on the news and thought, wow, this might be something that could create a win-win. Um, he is someone who always airbeat and beat his property and um, said, I would be willing to not do Airbnb and to give you uh, a contract for a minimum of a year to however long you wanted, if this seems like it would make sense. So I'm very excited about the blurb and I'm really hopeful that others will step forward. We figure we need about 15 um, placement, 15 um, options. So yeah. his particular location was a four bedroom with each bedroom having a bathroom attached to it. Wow. So it's ideal for singles or if there's two people traveling together. Um, and it had two common areas plus a large kitchen so people could have some privacy and yet um, also have a communal area as well. And so we are looking for a minimum of two bedroom, two bath. Um, if someone has a bedroom to rent, if the, the bedroom has uh, its own bathroom, it's preferred. Um, but the subcommittee and the board are both collecting names. And we would, we would prefer a minimum of a one-year commitment so that people aren't having to move every few uh, weeks. One of the things we found was an obstacle when we were open is we could find winter rentals, but then come April, May-ish, we would have to be scrambling to find summer housing for our traveling staff. And we're having great difficulty trying to find that. Um, and again, affordably, we might be able to find a summer rental, but it would be three and $4,000. Sure. And in the nursing home would have to supplement that cost because the stipends that the travelers got could not cover that cost. So, um, If anyone is interested, if they have a home that they would like to to talk to to either the subcommittee or myself about, 
um, if you would be willing in to provide the information to Peter Roth and myself in the um, notes below, um, we would be very happy to speak with both of you. You also could reach out to Lori Mori, who is uh, at the nursing home. She is the director of HR. She is also creating a list. So between the three of us, we're hoping to try to come up with about 15 options, some options for singles and some options for someone who might be traveling with a pet and also options for people who might be traveling as a family. Sure. Um, so with that in mind, I would say a minimum of a two bedroom, two bath if possible, if, it, if it's a unit or a one bedroom with a bathroom that could be dedicated to that person um, would be fantastic. But again, whoever arranged for that article on WABI, thank you very much because it did at least result in one very positive lead almost immediately. He said, I just saw this on the news and I thought if I can help and I'm like, thank you. We definitely appreciate it. So it was, it was very, it was very, um, filled my heart that yes. the community actually responded to that article, to the, to that video. Absolutely. And, um, I would also encourage people to feel free to reach out to me. I am in constant contact with Rhonda and also Peter Roth, who is working on affordable housing. I would love to talk to you about options. If you're sitting there and you, you know of something or have something, but it's, it's not perfect, or you, you want to just say, this is what I have. I know it's not exactly what you might need just go ahead and call me anyway, or email. Let's talk about it. And let's see if there's a way that it could be used by nursing home staff. Um, yeah. we, we recognize that not every situation is going to perfectly match up with the needs, but where there's a will, there's a way. And so let's go ahead and talk it out together. I can pass the information on, put you in contact with the right people. And we may be surprised at the number of people who do have maybe with a little bit of change here and there, a little bit of update, they have exactly what we need to, to give staff reliable housing um, so that we can get the nursing home open again. So it's, it's definitely, yeah, it's going to be a community effort and let's, let's talk it through. Even if it isn't perfect, um, let's talk about it. So just reach out to me. I'm, I'm available anytime. Now, and just to clarify, Ann, it doesn't, yeah. the, the unit does not have to be in Deer Isle or Stonington. Um, Good point. You know, as long as it's within a half hour, that's a reasonable commute. So we've had people who commuted from Bucksport even, which was a little further out, but Blue Hill, Brooksville, Brooklyn, uh, Surrey, um, uh, Sedgwick, you know, if you have a guest house, if you have an apartment over a garage, if you have um, a room to rent, an in-law, um, we're open to discussing all the options. Very nice. Okay. So definitely reach out. Let's at least talk um, and yes. see if maybe, maybe you hold one of the keys to opening the front door of the nursing home again. Um, Rhonda, can you give us a little update on how the adopt a resident program is going? Absolutely. So as of now, all of our residents have at least one, and I'm going to call them sponsors. Sure. Um, Someone from a church actually reached out and asked for everybody's name. 
so that they could at least everyone in the church could um, be involved with at least somebody. We would really like to have two or three per resident to make sure that because life gets busy, especially around the holidays, so that we could ensure that there's at least one contact every single month. Um, so if if there are others who are willing, please um, reach out to Didi and if you would be willing to share Didi's information again sure. and and make you know and volunteer to help. Um, the thing that I took for granted is um, a person who I happen to share with your mom, Anne, um, <laughs> and, and, and we're a little bit competing because I actually go and visit this person and your mom is writing. But one of the things that I hadn't thought about that the nursing home did such a great job of, with is there are holiday activities coming up. And so when I went to visit my person, um, I saw this... Um, uh, notice on her bed about activities coming up for Christmas. And so there was an ugly sweater contest. There was a um, holiday sock contest. There was a funny hat contest. These are things these residents don't have. And when we did them as a nursing home, we provided, you know, bows and ribbons so that they could decorate a sweater or, or a t-shirt so they could make their own hat or whatever. And now that they're placed in these other locations, not all of them provide the materials for them to actually do these sorts of things. So um, I, took, I took advantage of the Black Friday sale and I bought my resident an ugly sweater um, for <laughs> pennies on the dollar. And I got her a, a really funky hat that she can add embellishments to and um, a pair of funky socks. But these are things that they don't have the funds for. So right. anyone who has a resident already assigned to them, you may ask them if they have any of these activities coming up and do they have anything that they could embellish, um, you know, add um, glitter or bows or do they, do they have some funky socks or do they need a hat that they can add something to? Um, one of the, the days was, um, it was a funky hair day. So, you know, you could always get the little color kits, the temporary color kits to put green and red in their hair and some ribbons or what have you. The residents really enjoy getting involved and where they're new to their locations, activities like this are really beneficial to help them integrate into their new community. And so anything we can do to support them engaging in these activities like sending them a pair of socks or sending them some tinsel and some glitter and some bows so that they can decorate a, a plain hat or a t-shirt or whatever would be really helpful um, to, again, helping them integrate. Um, so I just throw that out there as a possible thing to explore with the resident that you've adopted to try to sort through what is needed. Um, the other thing is that I handed off all the photos that folks said that we could use on the calendars to Beth McKay, who um, works at the Island Nursing Home and has kind of been the resident photographer. Anytime there was an activity, she was taking a plethora of photos. And she's put together some calendars that we are going to be sending all of the residents as well as the staff um, as a Christmas gift. 
And the cost for that is around $450. If there's anyone out there that is willing to contribute to that, that would be fantastic. Um, not required, but again, if someone would like to contribute to it, they can mail a donation into the nursing home and just put in the memo pad that it is for the calendars or a resident activity. And it will be specifically earmarked for things like doing the calendars. Um, we will be sending um, Valentine's Day cards and St. Patty's Day cards and things of that nature to the residents as well from the nursing home, just to, again, to keep that contact going. But if anyone would like to contribute, we would appreciate that. Excellent. I will put the mailing address of the nursing home in the show notes um, so that people who would like to mail that donation in to help with those calendars can do it. I also really like the point about the activities going on at the various new facilities that the residents are at, um, that it's kind of spurred me on. I think I'm going to check the website and the social media page of the, the residents where my adopter resident is living and just see if I can see from there if there's anything coming up that I could be supportive in making sure yeah. that my resident can participate in. Um, I yeah. think that's... Yeah that's valuable. We can do a little investigative work. And um, if I don't see anything out there, I will probably call the facility myself and just say, what, what do you have coming up that I might be able to be supportive? Um, so I think that's really a creative way to go about it. And, and keep in mind too, if you're thinking of sending anything holiday related, they oftentimes cannot have anything real. So for example, okay. um, my resident received a couple of ornaments last year that were from the island that were locally made on the island. And she said, you know, the tree is way out in the nursing, out in the dining area and her particular facility has a lot more rooms than what the nursing home had. And so she doesn't feel comfortable putting her ornaments on this community tree, um, but she's not allowed to have a real tree in her space and her space is small. And so I've been looking around for either a, a heavily supported garland that we could clip the ornaments to or some sort of metal tree that they could hang from. Um, so if you're thinking, if anyone is thinking about things that you can send to the resident that's kind of holiday in nature, keep in mind that their spaces are very small um, they can't have anything live. Um, probably they could have flowers, but no live trees, no live weeds. Um, and whatever you send has to be somewhat compact. Um, they do have, it seems, a good size wall space. So if there's something that could be hung that's kind of substantial that could support a couple of ornaments or even um, some filigree where they could hang it up in their window or the suction cups where they could hang it up in their window um, would be really nice. I'm gonna send, I found some garland that's a spring garland with mittens that just say Merry mm -hmm. Christmas on it. So that's something that she can put up over her bed and just kind of feel a little bit like she's got something holiday related in her room. Um, so just things like that to, to keep in mind that it does need to be somewhat compact. Um, their space is limited. They can't really do live trees or research, things of that nature. Um, you know, a holiday pillowcase might be fun. 
um, a throw that's holiday in nature might be fun. Even a, a um, tablecloth or a placemat that they could put on their bureau that's kind of festive might be fun. So kind of get creative about limited space if you're thinking of sending them something holiday related. Those are all really good points. And I, I think that's, that's an excellent reminder um, for those of us who do have residents just to remember the restrictions of where they may live. And that's both space-wise and in terms of what they can have um, yeah. and can't have. So just keeping, and even as you said that, I thought to myself the other day, I walked into one of the craft stores in Bangor and it was obvious that they had some um, decorations that were scented and you could immediately smell the scent. And obviously in a facility where people may be super sensitive, that, pro that kind of thing probably isn't the best idea to send to someone who lives in close quarters. Agreed. And also, you know, really understanding the needs of your resident. Are they diabetic? So you need to alter the type of candy you send. Um, do they have chewing issues or texture issues? So maybe they need a soft cookie versus, you know, a harder cookie, a crunchy cookie. Um, maybe they have nut allergies. Um, so needing to be mindful about that. Even making homemade goods, really understanding what their dietary issues or texture issues might be. Things that we take for granted, unless right. we have a particular allergy, you know. Um, when I was speaking to my resident, she was saying that her loved ones keep asking her, what can they buy her for Christmas? And she said, I, I don't have any room. But right. they have to oftentimes pay for their own telephone. So maybe offer to send $10 in for the telephone bill for the month. Um, they oftentimes have to pay for their own cable TV. In, in the nursing home, we paid for that partially with the funds that the towns provided for us. Um, other locations build the residence for those things. So, you know, kind of be thinking about because their funds are limited, that might be a way to help um, put it in a card that, you know, I've paid for a month of your telephone on me, Merry Christmas, or I paid for your cable for the month, Merry Christmas. Um, and again, things like, you know, do they need socks? Do they need undergarments? Um, how about a pair of PJs? What's that situation look like? Um, things that are really functional and needed versus things that are decorative because they have no storage. Absolutely. These are, I'm so glad we had this discussion when we did, because I feel like now that Thanksgiving is over, everyone is, is in Christmas mode in their minds. Um, yes. So I think, I think this is the perfect time to be talking about the specifics and the practicalities of yeah. having someone who lives in, in a facility that you want to make happy and feel like they're wanted and loved, but you don't want your gift to add a burden in one way Correct. or another. So, well, and I, I have leftover wrapping paper because I've wrapped all of the things I need for this year. And so I'm going to take my roll of wrapping paper and go over and wrap her door like a gift, nice. you know, and do both sides because they do close their door sometimes for privacy. And if you don't have enough to do both sides, use two different types of wrapping paper and put a ribbon around it and a bow on it. And it's a way for them to maybe have some Christmas spirit without necessarily having their tree in their room. 
I think you were meant to be a teacher. I really do. I, I think. <laughs> oh, with, I don't know. <laughs> with your crafty creativity, I I think you are all I can see is elementary school teacher and some really fascinating bulletin boards because uh, I do not have the patience for, <laughs> for that, but. But thank you. Um, you know, one of the things I'm looking for, if anyone sees it, is I'd like to find a large felt Christmas tree that I can put on the back of the door. And that okay. would be something her ornaments could hang from. Oh, right. Yeah. I like you that know? idea. Absolutely. Yeah. So Absolutely. that is something that I'm, and I'm not a sewer, but if my neighbor is, so if I have to, I'm going to buy some felt and have her create a tree for me with some felt ornaments and things like that. But um, I just thought that would be something cool again. So she could somehow incorporate her uh, ornaments. Trying to find stuff like that is just so hard. And we take it for granted because we have space and we can put right. a tree up and we can hang a wreath up and we can have a centerpiece. And um, we've never had to live dorm style unless we were in college. And for me, that was so many years ago that I don't remember what I did, you know? Right. Um, but we used to wrap our doors. So that wasn't something really that I dreamed up. <laughs> I love that though. I think that's great. I, I am constantly amazed at the size of your heart and just the, <laughs> the fact that you would do all this. Um, and I love that you also, you share the resident with my mom because it, it brings <laughs> it all home, which is really, really great. So it sounds like, and, and I don't wanna take any more of your time today because you are super busy getting that contract finalized. But it sounds like we have, as a community, a list of things that we can do to be helpful to the nursing home this week. Um, so let's just go over those again. And if I forget any, you go ahead and fill it in. Um, so first and foremost, if you know or have any leads on housing on the island or off island, but within a half an hour or so driving distance, let us know. This, this is key to going to even that next chapter of getting the nursing home open because we've got to have a place, a long-term place for staff to live. So first and foremost, follow up if you have um, any leads on affordable housing. Second of all, we still could use more people to adopt residents. So all of the residents have at least one person right now, um, but it's nice to have a little depth. Um, so that if somebody gets busy and can't send a card or, or something for a week, there's someone else to fill in. So for sure, reach out and I will put DD's information in the show notes. And she, she's the contact at the nursing home that you would reach out to for that. Um, and then also those calendars with island pictures, we want to get those out to our residents as soon as possible. Um, and it will cost money to do that. Um, so mm -hmm. if that is something that you would like to donate towards to make happen, um, I will have the address of the nursing home in the show notes uh, for you to mail those donations. And like Rhonda said, in the memo of your check, just write that it's for the calendar project um, so that they, the, whoever is processing that donation knows where to assign that money. Um, so Rhonda, did I get everything or did I miss anything? No, and I would say calendar project slash resident need. So that way okay. if we wind up um, if we wind up raising more than the 450, 
then the overage would go towards Valentine's and also um, shamrocks for the, uh, or cards for um, St. Patty's Day. Oh, that's uh, a really is, good point, yeah. Yeah, the goal is to try to be mailing them something for every single holiday and keeping that contact going. Um, and also, you know, the school has some of the um, lower uh, grades have agreed to do some art projects that they'll be sending to the residents as well. So, you know, they love getting things from kids. They absolutely, they absolutely love it. So, so yes, I believe that captured everything. Um, and again, whoever arranged for the WABI blurb, thank you very much because it, as I said, it did result in one really good lead and hopefully more to follow. And um, it was a nice way to start my day getting that phone call and um, finding out about the, the, the report and um, seeing that people are really listening and wanting to do uh, whatever they can to help. I know this, this has been very emotionally charged for people and it's very upsetting for people. And, um, you know, when, it, when they talked about on the TV about feeling blindsided, we all felt blindsided. Even the board felt blindsided because we, as we've said time and time again, we knew we had a staffing challenge, but it was never communicated to us. It was at the point that we could risk having to have a patient safety issue by not having enough staff in place. So I'm happy that our patients are safely placed and now we can look at the next chapter of reopening. Very nice. Thank you, Rhonda, for your time today. I can't wait to talk with you again next week. I'm sure there'll be even more updates on that contract and maybe some specifics we can talk about. In the sure. meantime, have a great week and I hope you find all of those craft things that you're looking for <laughs> and that you you make your residence week because it, it sounds like you have some pretty amazing ideas that are gonna look so great. Um, so yes. thanks again for your time. Okay, take care.